Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas, and been on the road uh, in California for 10 days and uh, connecting with all the guys out there. And it was a great, great trip. And uh, so good to see any of you who are listening out there. It was great to see you. And we love what we see happening out there in the regions. And uh, you guys are out on the front lines. And, and so great, great to see all the leaders that are rising up to to go make disciples and getting out of their comfort zone and, and pouring into other other men and women. So uh, thank you all for, uh, for doing your work in the ministry. And uh, we just are so excited. I'm back here at the home office, and I've got Rocky with me. Hello, Rocky. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys and ladies out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's not just men anymore. There's a lot of ladies jumping in, which is awesome. Um, So today's topic, we again, we we just like to try to think about things that we're thinking about and things we hear people talking about. And uh, uh, Rocky, you know that I uh, had a friend who passed away. who was only 50 years old. Right. And he was quite a quite a guy, a uh, great, great Christian guy and real good friend to many people in Tulsa. And uh, they asked me to speak at the, the funeral, mm-hmm. which was a daunting task for me because I don't get asked to do that kind of stuff uh, very often. And, uh, and I knew that I needed to, I knew there's going to be 900 people there that needed, that are probably thinking about what is life really about. When somebody dies, they, they get their focus on, what's after this life, you know, and you just can't help but think about it. It, it. It's a spiritual opportunity, I feel like. And so so I tried my best to to help them understand the plan of salvation that my friend Tita believed in, and uh, which gives us hope that this is not the end. Um, but you and I have talked about how our influencers out there um, – they become disciples and they, they, they need to go make disciples, but there's an evangelism piece in there too. You know, and, and some people think there's, it's either evangelism or discipleship. Some people think churches are seeker friendly and evangelism focused, but not discipleship focused. And we kind of feel like it all flows together. Don't, don't we? Uh, what, what, what's your opinion on that? Rocky? Well, well uh, Brian, the daunting task of talking to 900 people is is multi-faceted. One is that there are some people that uh, are not believers, uh, and there are some people that are believers. And those who are not believers think that they have a departed uh, loved one or friend that they'll never see again, and that's that's a terrible thought. Mm. Then there are believers that are comforted by the fact that that the relationship will be restored uh, when uh, they all enter heaven. That's what a believer believes. Uh, so there is a question. In fact, it is the most important question that we will ever ask in our life. You know what it is? What's it that? is what happens to me after I die. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, you might can defer that question. And if you're a teenager, you don't think about it. In your 20s, you don't think about it. And when you're in midlife, you don't think about it. You still got these years out there. And uh, and then when you get older, uh, then it begins to be something that does come to your mind. Uh, and if you're a believer, you're comforting. Uh, you know that the aches and the pains and the, dis- the comfort, discomforts and all the other things that go along with aging is short-lived. 
mm-hmm. you know, not much more of it. Uh, and that there's that hope of eternity that, that has been promised and will be given. But what if you're not a believer and you see the time ticking down? Mm-hmm. Believe me, you start asking the question, what happens to me when I die? And if they have a mixed uh, philosophy on that, they can think good things about, well, I'll, you know, I'll reincarnate or I'll, you know, I'll, my particles will be sca- scattered in the universe and I'll make stars. I mean, you know, I don't know some of the bizarre thoughts that go on out there to, mm-hmm. that people have a philosophy about trying to comfort themselves, but it's a false comfort. Mm-hmm. It's a false comfort. But the comfort that we have in, in, in the gospel uh, is that in Jesus Christ, his, rex- his resurrection makes our resurrection possible. Mm-hmm. And our rebirth uh, into, the, into the kingdom uh, begins uh, in this life, but it's lived out in eternity. And so that's why it's very important to know the answer to that question. Uh, and there, there are people that are, that are wanting to get that question answered. So uh, if we are equipped to answer that question, then we can help people who are inquisitive about it be able to know how to uh, find Jesus in their life, to entrust their souls to him, uh, and have their souls and their spirits secure for eternity. Mm. Now, that's the, uh, the, the foundation of, of why we need to be equipped to be able to share a plan of salvation and walk people through that, because the need is great. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus said, the harvest is great, the labors are few. Yeah. So what is a labor? A labor is one who is able to reproduce after himself, mm-hmm. uh, which means to come to know Christ, to uh, become a disciple of Christ, and then to be able to lead someone else to know Christ, and then to help that person become a disciple, mm-hmm. at which time that disciple then help somebody come to know Christ and then helps disciple that person. Mm-hmm. And that time, in turn becomes a reproduction. Mm-hmm. And that's the way the organism of the church has been formed to reproduce that way. Mm-hmm. And if we, if, we, if we don't complete our objective as disciples, then we interrupt the reproduction process of the church. Now, what is, what is the completion of a disciple, and that is to be fully equipped. Mm-hmm. We're fully equipped when we learn to walk with Jesus and his, his char- characteristics begin to bubble up in our life, we call that the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That comes by proximity with Christ, that, and proximity comes by surrender mm-hmm. and trust. That moves us closer and closer to him, and then we bec- begin to view the world as he viewed it. Mm-hmm. And what was his view of the world? He was, he was, he came to save the world. Yeah, that's right. And if we're going to be a disciple of Christ, we do the things that he said do, go make disciples. Hmm. And when we make disciples, uh, it's a complete package. It's not just evangelism that goes and, you know, gets them to sign a church role and become a member of the church. And then that's it. And Hmm. wait for heaven. Right. That's not discipleship. Mm -mm. That's not even evangelism. That's the beginning. That's only the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I think that we have to look at the gospel, the total package, the good news. Mm-hmm. And why don't we segue to that, and then we can answer that question, is it either or or both? 
Yeah, and and, and uh, I think when you wrote Journey to the Inner Chamber, I love the fact that we start out with that in our journey process because mm-hmm. it has the plan of salvation in the little book, right? In story form, in the in the form of that bridge mm-hmm. that that comes down when when the guys raised. So let's talk about that. Well, it's interesting because when I was writing that book, and again, I'm looking at retrospect now, and I, I I've said it all along. I feel like the book was inspired. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really don't take much credit for it at all. I, I penned it, and I listened to the Lord. I saw it, and I wrote it down, and I, and I surrendered to him, and I said, here I am, however you want to use me. He just chose to use me to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he chooses to use people in different ways. And so I'm just, that's just what he chose me to do, mm-hmm. is you know, take his dictation, what it comes down to. And, but my thought early on was a book written to uh, members of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and to you know, and, and the thought there was that let's look at the process from beginning to end because the scriptures say that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. All have sinned, have all of us, and so we begin our life as sinners and separated from God. We do not begin our life as in God's family. Mm-hmm. That is a choice that we have to make because the scripture says, for by a grace you have been saved through faith, not a result of works that any man should boast. And I look at it as the hand of grace reaches down from heaven and the hand of faith reaches up from earth and we clasp each other Hmm. because we have to have faith in that which he has given us. This is this bridge illustration that we have there. That In the storyline, you'll notice that the man was explained uh, basically the plan of salvation, but then the man had to make his own decision. It was not a decision that could be made for him. Family can't make it for him. A friend can't make it for him. A church can't make it for him. A culture can't make it for him. It's the individual's choice. Uh, it, in John 1, it says, and he came to his own, but his own received him not. But for those who received him, he gave the right to become a child of God. Yeah. So, you know, there is that, that act of faith to begin the process of our relationship with God and the, and the ongoing faith to continue the relationship with God. Well, and, and I don't want to skip over the refugee camp in the sense that you, you did a great job of p- painting a picture of what the inner state of man would look like. That's right. We're all separate from God mm-hmm. before we find him. We're, we're pretty miserable. You know, and you, there's a verse that, you know, the, set, the creation was subjected to frustration yeah. by the creator so that we would one day finally look out for the, the path, you know, and it says for the waiting, it's waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Yeah. To me, that's like the influencers who come out and help somebody find the way, right? Yeah, I, I, and again, I think the picture that you just quoted in that scripture that Paul wrote uh-huh. uh, gives us an illustration of the, the world we live in. Yeah. And now let's go back to what we start with about the people at the funeral who don't know Christ. Yeah. That's why they would be asking the question, what happens to me after I die? Yeah. Because there is that, if you, you can ever, let's say, sober up enough to, to not let the counterfeits to continue to, to confuse you and think life is really good because I got all this money, I got all this, this, I got this, that, and the other, da, 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 got my good health, got this, why do I need God? Mm-hmm. 
But let me tell you, those are, those are temporary. Health is temporary. Money will not buy happiness. Mm-mm. You can't get enough. And all the things that we tend toward using to satisfy us that we don't need religion, we don't need God, they're counterfeits because the deep down internal condition of mankind is longing, longing for a restored relationship with our Creator, mm-hmm. whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. And in that refugee camp, the agitation uh, of life that God will permit in a person's life oftentimes makes them ask the question, what's wrong here? Yeah. What's okay. going on? Right. And that that is the beginning of an invitation to come to know God. And and the Bible teaches us that there's only one way. There's right. only one way. And, and that's very just saying that right there is blasphemous to some people. Like, what? I mean, there's all, all these other ways to get there. It's one God, and he just looks no. differently. That, that, that's the wrong word. What they're saying is blasphemous. Right, exactly. The word of God. That's right. That's right. And uh, and whenever you have this philosophical uh, ideas that try to reframe theology and say, well, there are many ways to God, and Jesus is only one of them. And by the way, we believe in Him. That is a crock. Yeah, yeah. that's wrong. Totally wrong because they're putting idols and other false religions on an equal par with Jesus Christ and calling themselves a Christian church. Right. No way. And Jesus himself said, he and the Father were one. If you've seen the Father, you, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He And he said he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except yeah. through him. He is the perfect imprint, mm-hmm. is what it says, of mm-hmm. God. And so uh, back to the question of uh, evangelism versus discipleship. Mm-hmm. See, I grew up in a church that I joined early in life and went to Sunday school and, and various other activities that have children. And as I got to be an adult, I would continue on in, in that. But during, during that time of being in those churches, I, I really was not ever discipled. I didn't really know about how to really read the Bible. I could just read it, but I didn't know how to understand it. Uh, that might be because it's King James Version, <laughs> but the uh, the other thing is that there there was no that there was nothing that really made it interesting to me. Mm. Um, I had no mentor, uh, which is probably a big part of it. But uh, I didn't see any people that were really excited about their relationship with Christ either. I saw them coming to church. I saw them enjoying each other. But I didn't see anything that would tell me that they're really, really enjoying Christ. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting because in, in that particular church, there was a big emphasis on evangelism. Mm-hmm. They would bring a revivalist to come in and or evangelist to come in, and, and they would really preach red hot hell, you know, mm-hmm. and try to get some conversions. And they felt real good about adding members to the church. And, and their emphasis was great, greatly on evangelism, but not on discipleship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I feel like that there were a lot of people going out the back door as they were coming in because they would get there and didn't really find what they were looking for. There was mm-hmm. something missing. There was something going on, longing in their heart. And they thought it was just about getting that question answered that we were talking about. 
Maybe getting the fire insurance, mm-hmm. as they say. And so here's what I'm saying, that the gospel is both discipleship and evangelism. Mm-hmm. Because you'll find people that come to know Christ and get the fire insurance, so to speak, get the question answered. But they don't have a significant life with Christ here in this this life. They, they're not, they don't have that purpose. They don't join something greater than uh, than they are or this world. And so basically they, they live within the constraints of the world and, and by the rhythms of the world rather than something far greater, and that is the, their relationship, an intimate relationship with Christ. And see, discipleship must move us that way to be real discipleship. Mm-hmm. It can't be just be about knowledge. <clears throat> and by the way, I got knowledge when I would hear a preacher uh, teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, or go to Sunday school class or read scriptures, I'd get knowledge. I got knowledge. And with knowledge, I I probably got some pretty good amount of self-condemnation because I saw that I was falling short of what it looked like to be a disciple. I did. I felt I'm, I'm kind of a loser Christian. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think a lot of men feel that way. They They feel like I'd like to be a better man, I don't know how. Hmm. And I think the, I think our target has been wrong in a lot of ways in thinking that discipleship is about knowledge. Discipleship is about relationship hmm. with Jesus, not with each other, but with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and any any form of discipleship needs to have a process that moves us closer to the intimate relationship with Jesus. Because it is there that all the things began to come together for us. Scriptures make sense. You know, sharing the faith becomes a passion. Uh, Helping make disciples and encourage their spiritual growth becomes our purpose. But it all began with evangelism, but it's lived out in the discipleship process that moves us closer to the relationship with Christ. Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about when I'm recruiting people to a journey, I'm saying... I, right off the bat, unashamedly saying this is a journey to an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. By saying that, you're saying Christ is the the key, right? You know, and we're going to take you closer to Him. You know, so if you don't even know Him, <laughs> that starts there. But but a lot of people in this Bible Belt or wherever you are, a lot of people know Him. Maybe they're believers, but they're not followers. They're not. They don't have that abiding relationship. Well, I think semantics might come into play here. I think they know of Him, okay, but they don't know Him, right? Okay. Right know him from theology, from history, from scripture, from hearing him talked about. And and they know enough about him to worship him. Knowing about him does not diminish his deity. It just diminishes our relationship if we don't know him. The relationship with him cre- creates a holy bond mm-hmm. uh, that that helps us join him in in his heart. And that's what Jesus was saying about abiding, about the intimate relationship the branch has with the vine, is it's just grafted together mm-hmm. so closely that that the living water flows through it and creates the fruit. And so, you know, uh, the, it's, it, the whole thing is it does begin with evangelism. And then this is one of the things that we, you know, we do make clear about 
the discipleship process that we have, and that is you will not understand what we're talking about unless you have a relationship with Christ. Mm. And we can't go any further with what we're going to be doing unless you've made that decision. Otherwise, it's just, again, information. And our mission is not to create, a, you know, programs of information. It's to create a process that moves people close to Jesus. Mm. Begins at conversion. Let me ask you a tough question. So do you think somebody can be a believer and not really be a disciple? You know, like again, can go to heaven, but never will have nothing to show for it when they when they stand before Jesus? Uh, unfortunately, yes, I do think that that's, that can happen. I think it does happen most of the time mm. because I, I look around and I see a lot of fans of Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you look at the number of people that go to church and you look at the statistics of that, that 80% of the people are not really that involved. 20% of, of a congregation is giving 80% of the financial support to that church and 80% of the leadership and 80% of the, of the serving in that church. And that means 80% are only fans, mm. but 20, 20% are players. And I would say that 20% is the closest number that's moving toward discipleship. And out of that 20%, there's probably only 5% that would, that, would be, that would be defined as a disciple based on how Jesus defines one. Now, tell me, tell me what you think, uh, how Jesus would define disciple, Brian. <laughs> Somebody who's all in, who doesn't think of their life they think of what he wants for their life who you know is willing to lay it all down you know they, they don't think they own anything you know all their possessions all their money it's his you know and, they, and, and that lord what do you want me to do with it uh, yeah. they're willing to do the tough things that, that that the world that goes against the world's system self-sacrifice right yeah yeah take up your cross daily and follow me is what yeah. jesus said yeah so when we start qualifying the the name disciple or the definition of disciple then then you start thinning them out. Mm. And uh, for many, many years, Brian, I've been a believer. Many years I've been a believer. Uh, and in many of those years, I was also uh, a servant. And I, and I was in that 20%. But to say that I was in that 5% is taken, you know, it's not been that long. And, because and- I think that, I think probably about 20 years ago is when I began to, I would say, consecrate my life and say that I'm all in, all yours, um, personal abandonment, absolute trust. And I'm 74, so that tells you I was in my 50s before I really started, I think, becoming what I would define or what Christ would define as a disciple. I just want to clarify something. You said you're a believer. So that, that goes in line with John 3.16, right? Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting yeah. life. Or, or Paul said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that G- that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You know? So that, that's what you're talking about, I about think being a believer. I, I think you made a good point there. And I think that's the beginning of discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning, not the end. Right, okay? right, right. And that's the point I'm making, and that is... There are a lot of believers, but there are not a lot of disciples. And I think that was your question. Mm-hmm. And I think there, uh, I think you and I have seen this in, in our own lives our and others, lives, yeah. is uh, he doesn't want to leave you just as a believer. He wants to make you a disciple. He, he's wanting more for our lives. He came to bring us an abundant life. 
but it's going to cost it's going to cost something and it's going to cost self-sacrifice and and whatever but he has so much more for us in this life than just to be a believer he wants us to be a follower and go into deeper things well if 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 we would follow the natural course of i believe the way the holy spirit leads us and we don't stand in the way of it and we can often do because of our idols or because of disobedience or unwillingness to follow him. But if we would follow him, then we have to address that mid-issue between justification, glorification, that sanctification. Mm, mm. You see, we are justified by grace, and this is when we come to know, know God through Jesus Christ. And when we go to heaven, we'll be glorified by grace, and, mm-hmm. and we'll enter his heaven. Uh, but that period between when it begins and when it culminates is called sanctification. Mm-hmm. And the sanctification process is secured by grace, okay? It's not by works. Right. It's secured by grace. But the sanctification process is a process of becoming more Christ-like. Yeah, yeah. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit to reform us or transform us into uh, what is called little Jesus. That's what Christian meant, little Jesus, little Christ. Conformed to his likeness. That's right. Yeah. And that's what he said yeah. about, you know, a disciple. And so if we follow the leadership of the Spirit from the time we enter into the family at conversion, then that process will lead to Christ's likeness. Mm-hmm. But if we stop it midway uh, or in the beginning and do not pursue, do not surrender, do not engage and want to grow intimate with him, then we'll never mature. We'll just be at that entry level point. Scripture talks about them being like spiritual babies. You know, just they just milk is all there. You know, they have to be spoon or given the milk yeah. from the pulpit or whatever yeah. from another teacher. They can't, they're not feeding on themselves and growing on themselves. Yeah. And unfortunately, there there are some 50 or 60 year, year Christians that are well up in age that would still be spiritual babies, uh, never having matured. Yeah. And you'll see the effects of that. You don't see the fruit of the Spirit in their life. You see more of the flesh. Mm. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that way. And uh, when we make uh, discipleship easy, you know, like it doesn't require much sacrifice, it doesn't require much seeking, and pursuing, and surrendering to, to, to make that transformation into uh, obedience and, and taking that path that leads to a more Christ-like nature. Uh, if we stop that, uh, we interrupt so many things, not only in our own life, but also in the expansion of the, of the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing you said I want to I want to highlight. So you're saying discipleship and sanctification are pretty closely tied. Like you think it's the similar, the same uh, yeah. process, basically. Yeah, I think I think sanctification is the security of the believer. Okay, um, uh, and we're sanctified, uh, which means it says that when 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 we are when Christ comes into our life, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Mm. So we're sanctified, meaning we're set apart. Uh, but they're also set apart for development. And this is what I believe happens, is that there is a discipleship process that begins at that point. And through that process, uh, there, there becomes 
transformation, surrender, which will eventually mature us spiritually, which will awaken us in our spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the Spirit will bubble to the surface. And then what you ultimately see, Brian, is what we said a while ago. We see laborers being formed. Mm -hmm. What is a laborer? One is able to reproduce after himself. The guys who end up taking up their horse and putting on the armor and going out and helping other That's right. refugees. Yeah. You know, one, one interesting thing I was just thinking about is uh, I've noticed that people who are just justified, who are just kind of just the believers, mm -hmm. they seem to always kind of worry about their salvation. Whereas men, people, men and women who I've met who are being sanctified, becoming disciples, they don't, they, they feel security in, in where they're going. Well, there, I just noticed the difference there. Well, there's a lot of assurance that happens when, when we have proximity of Christ. You know, uh, there's a lot of peace and joy even in, in the face of poor circumstances and tragedy. Mm -hmm. You know, these people rise up, you know. And uh, I think that if we really believe, really believe what is offered to us and we accept it in true faith, then we'll never doubt our salvation. Um, but if we're iffy on that and we think it's a combination of some kind of works plus Jesus, well, then that, that's not going to work. Mm -mm. And if we don't truly believe, but we just join the culture or join the church because it's a social thing or because our family did it, but, well, that's enough reason not to, you know, kind of doubt what's going on mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. the, the, but the life of a, of a believer who is following Christ is going to lead into a greater peace and a greater assurance that is not driven by circumstances. Mm -mm. And I mentioned the trip to California, and everywhere we go, we're seeing we're seeing this. This mm -hmm. isn't just a theory. Yeah, this is, and we're seeing it from experience. We're seeing rich lives that are just glowing, yeah. irregardless of the hell that they're going through, and you know, which everybody's got things they're going through. Yeah, and, and you just remind people that what we're doing is simply trying to get people into proximity of Christ, mm -hmm. and that's that's the key. And no matter what a curriculum is used or process is used, whether it's the journey or any other form, as long as it would get them into close proximity of Christ, you will see a disciple that will emerge. Yeah, but we we're very vertically driven, and we essentially are saying that we want to make that our highest priority. Yeah. And and we believe the fruit of that will be driven horizontally with building relationships and community and all the other things that go along with that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Rocky. Our time's up. I think hopefully we've clarified a few things for some people and uh, and challenged them and where they are. And I hope that if there's anybody out there who's questioning their salvation, they'll They'll know they just got to get on their knees and start with Jesus, believing in Him and receiving Him. But but no, that's just the beginning of their journey, yeah. you know. And He's got a lot more in store for them after that. And we can help them if they yeah. if they haven't been part of a journey, we can sure help them. So, well, uh, thank you, Rocky. Um, well, all of you out there, keep uh, praying for this ministry. Uh, we've uh, there's gosh hundreds of journey groups starting right now all over the country and even international locations like Costa Rica and Guatemala, Benin, uh, Africa, all these crazy places. It's just amazing and beautiful. So be praying for this ministry uh, that God, God's will will be done and uh, people's hearts will be open and we'll, we'll be able to take them where God wants to take them. So uh, be praying for us. And uh, if you need to learn more about the ministry, you can always go 
visit our website, influencers.org. Uh, if you go under resources, there's a tab there that says podcast. You can look at our other broadcasts that we've done. We've done quite a few now over the last couple of years and a lot of great information. And there's also guide videos and other resources for you as you uh, do journey groups out there. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I've been your host today on the Influencers Network podcast, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today.